episode was sponsored by Speedweed. Speedweed is America's most trusted name in medical marijuana delivery. Go to www.speedweed.com for all your medical marijuana needs. Just wanted to remind you guys that I'm doing a Ku and the Gang podcast field trip to the Cool and the Gang concert on July 22nd at the Hollywood Bowl in Los Angeles. I'll see you there. And then July 23rd, I'm doing a live Coup in the Gang podcast taping at Flappers in Burbank, California at 7 p.m. So get your concerts. I'm sitting in Section K and hope you can find tickets nearby. And let me know if you're coming so I can send you a sticker so we can all find each other and jump up and down when we do. And Aiko Tanaka, your favorite guest, will be at the July 23rd Flappers podcast taping. I'll see you there. Enjoy. I'm obsessed with this guy on YouTube. His name is John Kohler. Mm -hmm. And he uh, has his website called growingyourgreens.com. And he's not a sponsor or anything, but I just, he's so funny. Yeah. He's like super enthusiastic about growing his own food. <laughs> yeah. Like I was watching a video yesterday and he converted his front lawn into raised bed gardens. Hmm. So he's growing vegetables on his front lawn. Right. And he's like, people stop me all the time. It's like, what is this? And then I saw a video that said, like the title of the video was, my house got searched for growing vegetables right. on my front lawn. Yeah, like, well, if he's growing tomatoes out front, I what? imagine what he's growing in the garage. I don't think he would be that dumb, though. No, well, you know. Well, I didn't watch that video. Maybe he was growing weed. He got caught when he opened a rolling paper stand <laughs> on his porch. You know what I learned from watching his videos? Like, as comedians, we're so, we're such narcissists that, like, yeah. when we post a video, we put our name on there. <laughs> yeah. Like, as the title of the video, even, like, though nobody knows us, and we're just like, well, I just want to get my name out there. And all of his videos are titled, like, how to make an aloe juice smoothie, right. or how to... Uh, make $100,000 a year farming from your own land. Yeah. Listen to John tell you how to do this. Well, I couldn't even figure out what his name was for right. several videos. I was like, this guy's not even well, if you obsessed have a, with his, yeah, himself. You, yeah, if you have a green thumb, that usually comes with being humble. You know, you don't meet a lot of people like, hey, I got a really good green thumb, you know. Yeah, they, they don't brag about, about their they, green they, thumbs. You know, they just do. You go to their house. I do. Like, you know, you got a nice garden out back. Yeah. You know, you know, a lot of nice things. You know, my, my wife's family gardens, you know, obviously. Yeah, we, well, we have like a, we have red pepper tree. Oh, no way. We That's got red awesome. Pepper and it, yeah, it was, wasn't doing too well. Uh-huh. We, we got some, but their mother has what, like. peppers grow on trees or a plant? A little plant, yeah. yeah. Like the red peppers, a little, you know, mm-hmm. little ones that you the put in your peppers. soup, you know. And uh, you have a papaya tree. We had a papaya tree, but they get big and they blow over. They, they, they get break. Oh, from the wind? They well, can't stand the wind like um, palm trees can. No. They, they, no. They fall apart. You know, we had a nice one. It was big. We actually, my wife makes papaya salad. She stri- you know, strings it and stuff. And it's kind of like a woman who's six foot four with like double D boobs. Yeah. Eventually, uh, they always fall over. The papaya tree is like a, the minute bowl <laughs> of the have, tree world. They have lower life expectancy. <laughs> yeah. He's, he blocked it. He made some blocks, but yeah, so, too tall. Maybe you didn't pick your papayas off like enough. They were like hanging, like weighing the tree down. Yeah, that. Well, listen, when they got big enough, I'm not the, again. The wife's the go. I don't. I don't do that. You know, I look at it. I make sure I don't knock it over. Uh huh. You know, and like stumble into it. No, but she. T- yeah, we got mango trees. Oh, that's right? awesome. And they, we get a lot of mango. Yeah. But from what I just found out, the scoop within the family is that nobody likes the mangoes from our tree. 
Oh, really? Like, are they the little ones? No, they're good size, but they're maybe more fibrous. They don't taste they, good. Yeah, the, you know, sometimes you have the mango has like fibrous. Yeah. It's like eating a steak with veins. Yeah. You know what I mean? But in the, the one that comes out of my, my mother-in-law's yard is like, oh. Delicious. Yeah, it's like it's like ice cream. Oh, you know, it just melts in your yeah. mouth and it's chilled from the fridge. Right. Oh, mango. Oh, my God. You know, I never really knew what mangoes should taste like until right. I tried like the real mangoes off a real tree. And that's what this guy says on his YouTube channel. Yeah. He's like, the reason uh, why you should grow your own food, who cares about if you're rich, if you can like afford all the best organic groceries at the nicest grocery store, whatever, but still like growing your own food and picking it right off of your garden. Right. There's no beating that taste. Yeah, but and you know what? I, I'd be a little concerned because I don't know if there's any seeds for a steak tree. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I okay, this seed is to get prime rib. Yeah. You plant it and you get some prime rib in about eight months. This one is for flank steak. <laughs> yeah. And some churros. But, uh, yeah, man. That, listen, that's impressive. I mean, you got to... But here's the thing. Not, not everybody has a stretch of land yeah. where they can, you know... The, or you, sometimes you could use a balcony yeah, and but put you're, potted plants. You're going to be the skinniest <laughs> person on the block. Hey, you want, you want to go to the store? No, I'm growing my own food. Yeah, but you live in a one-bedroom apartment in Manhattan. Uh, you know, maybe that's a diet I should go on. Yeah. I, sh- I, should, I should only eat the food I can grow. But you should have to, like, <laughs> climb up a bunch of stairs to get to the steak if there was a steak tree. Yeah, that's the thing. There's, a steak tree is, like, it's, like, 25 feet high. And yeah. if you want a steak, you got to go up the ladder you and get it. You would probably bring, like, a forklift. Yeah, I would hire somebody. I wouldn't bother. You know, I'd rent. Yeah. I'd, I'd go in the, you know, the ditch witch or something, get one of those cranes. No, you know that gorillas are vegetarian or vegan. Yeah. Well, you just call me a gorilla. No. <laughs> well, you know, most gorillas. I'm saying, like, you're a big guy and you could still be a big guy. Right. And be strong without eating meat. Because gorillas don't eat meat. Yeah, but uh, there's a little bit of a genetic difference between a gorilla and, and me. I mean, we're the hair is almost the same. But... I don't really believe you. No, I, I really don't think. Listen... I, I wish I had the strength of a gorilla. I saw a gorilla at Monkey Jungle open an iced tea bottle without any help. Really? Yeah, that's how strong they are. Don't you think these monkeys, much like humans, have evolved? Like, you got the monkey that smokes cigarettes. Mm-hmm. You know, you see that on YouTube, the monkey that sits there and smokes cigarettes. No, I haven't. You, have, you haven't seen that video? I've seen the video of, like, the little fat Asian kid smoking oh, cigarettes yeah, that at, kid. Like, four years old. I think old. he morphed into a monkey. It was, like, reverse. Oh, my God. That was so sad. That's a, yeah. How's that, you know... I mean, that kid, yeah, I don't know. And he's, they love him. They love the kid. Yeah. He smokes. You know, next thing you know, he's going to be having sex. He's going to be like nine. He's going to be having like hookers. Do you think he's going to, do you think he's going to keep going? Do you think this guy is going to be famous? He's going to be real fat, the real fat adolescent kid? No, I think he's going to die early if he doesn't yeah. change his lifestyle. Yeah, he's, that's There's scary. no way you can like survive smoking cigarettes into those little lungs and your lungs are still forming. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I wonder how his parents, like, you know, his parents have looked at. Don't judge me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I let mean, him do what he want. Like I don't put restrictions. If I lived in that village, I would just smack that kid. Yeah, somebody. But look, that kid because will probably. Because the parents aren't smacking him. Who wants to smack that kid? They're gonna the kid's gonna come over and fucking eat all their food. That's what he does. He's too smart. You know, he'll go back. He'll sneak in the house because he's fat enough. He's so fat. Yeah, but he can find like, he find a crack, and then he got in and he opens a fridge. You know, I guess it is scary, a little fat kid smoking cigarettes, eating all your food. Yeah, that's the worst thing that can happen. That fat kid came back. So you have an Asian wife, right? Mm-hmm. What kind of Asian is she? Uh, she's Cambodian Asian. Cambodian? Yeah. Which is, you know, it's a, 
like I grew, I've known like the martial arts and stuff. I've been with South Korean, a lot of Korean families, a bit, you know, and, and, and culture and the food and, and, uh, and Thai and Philippine, but I never met Cambodian. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's an interesting, the language is, you know, it's more of a, yeah. Like that? Yeah. What did I say? (laughs) (laughs) Somebody go pick the steak tree. You know, it's fun. I mean, I remember it was funny. One of the funniest memories I have is, you know, I withered my wife a long time. So I'd be sitting at the dinner table. Everybody in the house is speaking Cambodian. And I'm sitting there, you know, just smiling. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do? I don't, it's not like I'm going to pick up Cambodian. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm just sitting around smiling and shit. And people are walking around looking, talking. I'm like, does anybody know I don't speak English? I don't speak Cambodian. Because they don't speak English? No, they're just speaking ha bang bang bang. But they do speak English. Yeah, they some of them. There's like there's a family of the wrong family. Me wrong. Uh-huh. He wrong. <laughs> I swear to God, it's a truth. I, oh, that's a real name? Yeah. The wrongs? The wrongs. Oh, this is my son always wrong. <laughs> it's crazy. Shut up. Um, so but like what are Cambodians like? I don't I mean, know. I don't yeah. know any Cambodians either. Yeah. I mean they're always great. Like everybody like I was always amazed the amount of people that would come to the house, like, especially the, like my wife's mother cooks, you know, so they have a big, people all come over to eat, they all bring food, they're festive, they love karaoke, and it's some of the worst karaoke you've ever heard in your life. Like, you know what I mean? There's no Cambodian idol, Yeah, I can assure you. Like, the, the songs are all like, bang, tang, bai, you know, it's just, and it, it, every song leads to some guy walking up trying to win over the girl again. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm sorry, yeah, I fucked up. Yeah, very rapist culture. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I fuck all these you other girls. You say win, <laughs> yeah. we say yeah. coerce. Listen, put up with my shit, just marry me. Uh, it's always has a say, you know what I mean? Every fucking song, I'm like, you know, and we do karaoke, then I break out Sinatra, you know, and then everybody, it's funny, you have like 30 Cambodian people standing around watching me sing uh, My Way. Well, so how did they, how did they take to you? It's, you know, it's interesting. Like, one of the first things they said is I would eat. Like, you know, he's not like one of these people, don't, no, I can't eat that, you know, like some of the other. Because it's rude to like turn down food. Yeah, or not like, or look like you're questioning it. Like, yeah. although I'll be honest with you, there's some Cambodian food that, although it's delicious once you get to eating it, but you, you have, you won't eat it for a while because it smells like shit. Yeah, I think it's a good idea for white guys to choose their type of Asian girl on what kind of Asian food you like to eat yeah. most. So before you pick, well, before you go crazy on your yellow fever. Yeah. Go 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 to one of these Here's malls that have. Here's advice from a tried and true <laughs> yellow dipper. Yeah, I've been around. You know what's weird? Is my when I was single. Well, my my buddy, my good friend Rick. When I played soccer in college with this kid, Swedish guy, very nuts. This guy used to buy Porsches and sell them in Sweden. Always had a lot of cash, and uh, and we would go to strip clubs. And for some reason, shocker, we for some reason the Asian women and the uh, the black women would come to me like like I'm the Pied Piper. Oh really? Yeah, my my friend would get they pissed. Know you gotta... Well, you know, I was I was dashing back then. You know, I've been, <laughs> I, I wasn't. I was <laughs> I was about. You know, I was uh, you know, I was tipping the scale out of two hundred pounds. And uh, uh-huh. you know what I mean. But he was he'd get pissed. He'd be like, Doug, every fucking time we come to a strip club, the girl, the Asian girl, the black girl, all the time, he'd get pissed. He's like, what about me? Meanwhile, he's a blonde guy with big eyes. I wonder why they target you. What do you think it is? I don't know. Target. Listen, I'm thinking it's more like they just overcome. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Maybe that, you know, okay, he's not a whitey. You know, this guy Maybe isn't. Maybe you look like you have a lot of money. I, I did. Yeah, I dressed. Okay. I dressed the part. When, you know, what, when you're going to go to strip club, you got to come wear? in. What did you wear? A suit? <laughs> yeah. No, I'd come in with a nice button-down shirt. 
Yeah, whereas the other guys are just wearing like t-shirt and shorts. Yeah, so you look like you got $500 pair of shoes on. That's why they're going up to you. What are you kidding? Shaking their ass. $8,000 watch. Girl, these girls are professionals. They know what they're doing. So, but they were, you know, that was, a th- so I don't know what it was. And I, there was just something that was natural. And my, I'm, I'm Hispanic. My family is, but my, you know, my mother used to say, why don't you find, you know, a Spanish woman? I'm like, well, I don't know. But the only Spanish woman I know has been yelling her whole fucking life. Yeah, my mom used to yell a lot. Mm-hmm. So maybe that maybe that got me away from Spanish women. I think that's what triggers interracial relationships. Really? I think so. Because like if your parents, if they're whatever minority they are, and you grow up like seeing that other minorities don't do that to their kids right. or their wives or husbands, yeah. you're like, well, fuck these yeah. people. Fuck the entire race. Yeah. Listen, uh, I remember, you know. I, I may have offended her one night because my mom said, why didn't you know? Well, you know, I don't know. So I, my, I got into a routine. So my mother was like, what, why don't you find the Spanish? You know, there's this. And it, well, mom, I, like, all I can remember is, Denisio, ven acá, tenemos que la casa. You know, she screamed at my father the minute he walked into the house. And what did your dad do about it? Oh, he would, you know, try to ignore it up until the point he'd go, okay, fuck it up. You know, he'd run off to get out of his reclining chair and. Yeah. Busting his ass for 12 hours at the shop. It, like, my parents fought all the time, too. It's yeah. just like, why don't you guys just separate? <laughs> yeah. I think my parents, that you know, they got divorced years before. I had three older brothers, so they always they always were fucking up. Yeah. So this was just mayhem. You know, this would have been a sitcom. This is, I mean, I'm, I'm actually... four boys? Yeah, I'm writing I'm writing something now because I'm, I'm, no I'm thinking about doing a sitcom. Uh, none. My mother... You know, that's why anybody like my brothers who got married, she was dying to have a, a, a daughter-in-law because she could, you know, and unfortunately in my family, her first daughter-in-law was the Wicked Witch of the West. That's why she was always yelling because all Yeah, the, she was always pissed. All the boys. Boys are like a lot. What ha- You know what? Does it does this happen though? If, if a guy grows up with all women, does he mostly end up being effeminate and gay sometimes? Yeah. Is, doesn't that seem to happen? It does a lot. Yeah. It's like we had a, we had a kid in high school. His name was Alvin. Everybody, you know, he was, he was. I mean, in any standard, he looked like he was very gay, but he was, you know. It's not that they turn out gay. It doesn't force you to be gay, I don't think, but it just makes you more sensitive. Yeah. And yeah. compassionate. More caring. Yeah. Whereas, like, guys, you guys are, if it's just a whole army of you, like, four boys is like a whole army. Well, and yeah, for my mom to deal with, mm-hmm. my mom was like four foot 11. And you know, all the all the boys took martial arts. So I remember, yeah, you know, my mom would get pissed, and my brother, you know, doing something stupid. She probably hated her life. Yeah. No offense to you. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I wasn't like, so bad. I was like, trying. You, you know. know, like a lot of women, they they think like women, having babies is gonna be like this beautiful thing because like women don't talk about how hard it is to have babies. Right. And so you just don't even know mm. i got my period i don't if i if my friends didn't talk about periods at school i wouldn't know why i was bleeding yeah when i was 12 yeah you what's know? going on Did something so, break it, it, and it's like why don't women talk about our like hardships more often so that other women know like fuck maybe i don't want to have four boys but everybody acts like it's such a blessing well, I was always wondering in my, my family if my mother just wanted to have... I know my mother had a miscarriage at one time. I don't remember the whole story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know if it was before me, because if it was, then I really pray every night. Maybe it thankful. was you. Yeah, maybe I, <laughs> <laughs> I... I come walking out of the garbage can. I'm not done. I'm not dead. I'm not dead. I remember I remember when uh, my mom, God bless, was in hospice, and she had she had aspirated, you know, and this is before she passed. 
and we're in the hospice. God bless those people that are in hospice. They got to deal with those people. You know, the people are going. And uh, my family's sitting around, and my sister-in-law says, oh, you know, yeah, they, go ahead, like, go, you know, did, did my husband, your husband's out there, my dad, he's waiting for you, you know, he's, he's there, going to be waiting for you, go ahead and be, be at peace. And I kind of mumbled under my breath, I go, I don't think dad's waiting for it. <laughs> I don't think dad's, I don't think dad's sitting there going, come back, I can't wait to see you. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, and that kind of lightened up the moment. I know, that's why when my mom died, I also said that about my dad. Yeah. Like, I think he's glad that she died. Yeah, he, he, got, he got the notice. Like, I feel like my dad got the notice. You know, here she's coming. He got a phone call from the pearly gates. Is your dad still alive? No, he passed in 03. But he, you know, he was... uh, How soon after your mom died? He died before my mom. Oh, he did. Yeah, my my oldest brother died on April 17th of 2003. Oh, my God. He was 46. Wow. What did he die from? Uh, Stupidity, eventually. You know, we got time. Be more specific. Well, here's the long and short. My brother was... uh, My oldest brother was an alcoholic. Uh He would drink bottles of liquor a day. And, you know, social, he never was around the family. He was one that come around on Christmas, never showed up. He's just, you know, he's, he was just that kind of, but a quiet drunk, you know, not a, not a problem drinker. Yeah. But he wouldn't be around, so whatever. So uh, eventually he developed throat cancer. So From drinking? Drinking and smoke. Well, the, we thought it was smoking, but the doctor said because of the hard drinking, the hard liquor, just back, just hitting the back of his throat. Oh, my and, you know, God. Yeah, it may have been bad pussy, too, nowadays, if you don't know. but Like so, Catherine Zeta-Jones' husband. Yeah, like, you know, be careful. Like, so he uh, so he had, he gets through, he goes through the treatment and everything. They had to pull the kid's teeth, you know, just as dramatic because he had gum. This guy was a mess. So uh, he ends up being on a life support mm-hmm. for, like, two months. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to do a DNR on this kid. He was 46, and the doctor's like, look, he's got the liver and the, and the organs of a 90-year-old. You know, your brother, you know, Jesus and I'm like, Christ. so nobody, my mother's like, no, we want to keep him alive. You know, my mother still had the impression that if you just met a nice girl, I remember my mother used to say that <laughs> if you just, if you just met a nice girl and I'd be like, mom, in if he met, of comatose he yeah, was in? exactly. If he met a nice girl, Hey, do you have a daughter who's in a coma? Yeah. Oh, I, my son would be perfect for <laughs> yeah. you. You gotta, she's, she's got patience. Uh, but you know, like, like, like if he gets better, like, so uh, I said, if he ever meets the perfect girl, she's going to meet him and go, Pfft. You know, I don't think I'm interested. <laughs> so that was, you know, so he ended up, gets out of it, goes back to my parents' house. I was insisting. Oh, he it, woke up from his coma? Yeah. How long was he in the coma like for? Like almost two months on a respirator, just Did ongoing. Did you think he was going to die? I, I didn't give him hope. I mean, you know, I'd seen, you know, if you see somebody trip on the sidewalk three times a day and then they get on a skateboard, you're not going to have hope. So I, I you know, I'm, I, what am I going to do? And my mother, like, you got to talk to him. That was a big thing. My mom was like, you got to help him. You know, you know, you got, I'm like, I, I'd rather talk to the traffic cone, you know, at this point. You know what I'm saying? When you know when somebody's just not getting it. They're just not listening They anymore. just don't. And it, you've tried to tell him, I'm It's sure. not like I sat around and, well, And, you like, know. no matter what you say, they're going to nah. keep drinking. Yeah. And, you know, the part of my, and the growing up thing was I had, my brothers had this attitude with me that I was lucky. You know what I mean? I was, the reason things were happening for me is because it was all luck. Unlike them, their lives were all, like, you know. Messed up. A, you know, whatever. I was doing what I wanted to do, and I was completing things. You know, that was the thing about life. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to complete it. You know, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to finish it. I'm going to, you know, you, you, you start and you go. And they had, to, they had to seem to go through, well, they start and they don't really finish. You know, so I was the lucky one. So Well, you had ambition that they didn't. Yeah. So well, they, by calling you lucky, they kind of like let themselves off easy. Yeah. You know, what I mean? and, I, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. You know, fine. Uh, uh, let's look at it that way. So, yeah, I didn't have hope in them. And the odd, here's the thing about my accident stupidity. When he, uh, my mom said, talk to him. You know, I talk with him. I said, I sat down with him. I go, 
And he goes, and same thing. He goes, I just need to get a job. I go, yeah, you need to get on your feet. I need a woman. They, Mike Dennis, you're not going to meet a woman. You know, you're not, you're, you're 46 years old. You're living at mom's house. You know what I mean? You, you don't drive a car. You, you know, you just almost, you were dead for two months. Let's, let's not worry about women. You know, let's worry about walking, breathing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And, uh, like at this point, if you meet a woman, you're just a burden to her. Yeah. You know what I mean? In the condition you're in. Listen, I want to I want to meet you. I want to get married to you. And let's just skip the old. I'm going to go right to old age. And you're going to have to like help me wipe my ass in two months. So so it didn't happen. Long story short, he, he got the pain pills. One time we get a letter from the pharmacy because when you get 60 Percocet, let's say, he tried to put a one in front of the 60. Oh, <laughs> and he walks God. into Walgreens like a kid who just changes F to a B. And he goes, I need 160 Percocet. Oh. My God! Wow. <laughs> like, do they wow. know people do that? Well, they they call and check nowadays. Well, he used sure. a fucking crayon. He's an idiot. But <laughs> oh my God! Wow. Yeah. So I get the call. I'm the you know I'm the one you know my parents can't take it. my my dad had Parkinson's. He was struggling. My mom was dealing with my dad, and this was all going on in a house that he was at. So long story short i guess he wouldn't stop drinking and he ended up taking too many pain pills and he got out of bed he fell out of the bed and hit his head on the door and broke his neck <gasps> that's so when you asked me how he passed away stupidity was that's what i would have put on the death certificate wow what was really on the certificate <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know we accident were, accidental we were actually worried because my mom had gotten into a confrontation with him because he f was fighting with my dad in one of these drunken stupors my mother got mad and she hit him with the cane so i'm like man maybe maybe a family cover-up my mom may have you know, knocked him dead and put him in the side and then called the police. Who knows? You know, it's a mystery. Oh, but she's little and he's big. Yeah. Is he your size? He's a little taller. Like, if I, I joke around that I look like Ron Jeremy. It's uh -huh. one of my jokes. But my brother really looked like, I mean, if you saw him walking by, he would double take. He has a mustache and everything? Yeah, he had that, like, burlow hair. I you know, it looks like you use a rake to comb dick. it. Um, <laughs> no, so I meant the head. <laughs> I meant up. Uh... <laughs> wow, maybe she did, but she is little. Well, she's passed now, so maybe yeah. maybe my father was waiting for her and she never showed up. <laughs> what happened? Well, I had to talk to you. Remember that night before you died? But my father passed away uh, in August of that same year, four or three or four months the later. The same year that your mom died? Yeah, and he had a heart attack. Oh, God bless really? him, though. He, my dad suffered from Parkinson severely, so yeah. it's real uplifting. People, like comedy people, are listening to his podcast going, what the fuck is this guy talking? But, you know, he suffered from that. So it got to the point where, like, but he he just celebrated his birthday. Now, this is interesting when you talk about like family and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. My father's birthday is 76th birthday, I think it was. Uh, I show up. None of my brothers show up. My wife, who's, you know, was with me, shows up there. He passed away two days after his birthday. Wow. Nope, you know, and everybody's like, now they're like, you know, why didn't you go to, why didn't you show up that night now? How, how important was it that you didn't want to show up? Because they were mad at him? I don't know. I mean, there, there, was, there was something. Yeah. But then these are the same people that question what you do. Like, I handle all the finances of my brothers. I mean, my, my, uh, my father, my mother and father. Because mm -hmm. one of my brothers is a pizza guy. And the other one, got, the other guy installs cable. What did your parents do? I, I took care of that for 20-something years. No, no, no. But what did they do for a living? My dad had an auto shop. He used to fix cars. He's my mother mechanic? never worked. Yeah. My father never, my mother never worked. Oh, really? Although oh, she grew up super working class. Oh, yeah. She, my mom would buy, my mom spent a lot of money. You know, when you're a kid, you don't realize it. You're just happy that there's Reese's and Kit Kat in the fridge. Mm -hmm. Like, what kid has Reese's and Kit Kat in his fridge? You know what I'm saying? Like, 
Yeah. And there was steak and there was bread. There was there was all kinds of other food. I know. My mom would spend a lot of money on groceries too. Yeah. And she would buy like oysters and anchovies. <laughs> yeah. And I would be like, ew, that's disgusting. Yeah. Like, like those are, that's gross. And we're not going to eat that. And I would like get all the kids to be against eating seafood in the house. <laughs> and my mom would be like, it's expensive. <laughs> it's I spent a lot of money on it. Well, don't buy it. It's yeah. disgusting anyway. Why are you spending money on like really yucky ugly fancy food yeah it's like buying an old world royce a rolls royce yeah my, my my buddy worked at Publix. actually funny story about my my buddy kirk worked at Publix, and he says your mom's here because mom used to go religiously on fridays to go grocery shopping and for the most part my brothers would move on and stuff like that even when there's two or three people in the house she would still buy three shopping carts like my, my mom was four foot eleven my buddy kirk would say dude your, your mom's walking through the Publix, and she's got two carts full already and like, you know what I mean? It would draw attention. And I, you know, I'm a kid. I never thought about it. You know, years later after my mom, my dad died, my, the, one of the doctors says, did, are you, did you know that your mom's bipolar? And, and I went, now that you think about it. They never told you? Well, I never, you know, and I thought it was funny because it never hit me, but. It all made sense it was, as it like, soon as you heard like it. Like boing, you know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, like a click went off in my head, and, you know, because my mother would be, would be sweet as anything to people you know, in any social situation. Mm-hmm. Oh, hello. You know, all people almost, at the house. Almost annoyingly so. Yeah, but, but like, no. she. Like, Mom, we got to go. What yeah, are you yeah, doing? Yeah, Talking like, to this stranger that we're never going to see yeah, again. Yeah, like people will come over, whether you ate or not, you were going to eat. Like, let me let me get you something. You know, like I had friends that come over before school just to get these incredibly buttered and cream cheese bagels. Like any of my friends, I, I, people in high school would want to give me a ride. When you're in underschool, like you're in sophomore, like, hey, man, I'm going to come pick you up for what? Yeah, well, I'm going to gonna come food. over and have a fucking bagel. You want one of your mom's bagels. So, uh, yeah, so she would do that. But the minute that door shut, you know what I mean? The minute that door shut and it was just us. She'd that be was, screaming at that you That was guys. the time, like, to point out something that had to be done, you know, enough Dude, of it. Dude, that's just like my mom, yeah. too. It was like night like- and day. It was like night and day, right? And then, and <laughs> yeah. then, if you say anything bad about your mom, people say, "Oh, oh yeah. your mom is a great missionary of yeah. God." And it's like you cannot convince these people that your mom is like screaming her head off when the doors are closed. I found in my life, I'm now 50 years old, but I found in my life, I call them almost chameleons, in that sense, in a more like I've met a handful of people now that, for some reason. And not just in front of groups, but in front of me, they would be one way. But in front of everybody else, it seemed they would be a completely different. Like for some reason, I got a completely different opinion of this person than other people or a lot of people. Yeah. And then I'd be like, what? What's? I don't get it. And then eventually, but you know, when it came to her, that was it. Everybody that knew her outside, you know, you know, she was. Everybody loved her. Like, oh my God, well, she's so she just sweet. Wanted to like win the like win the affection of everybody outside right. and then treating those closest to her like shit. Right. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Like uh, this is, and you know, I, and, and as a, as a, uh, uh, from a family, like my oldest brother passed my other, I have another brother. And then what my, my next oldest brother to me, who was like my closest, cause we've all played soccer. He was, a, you know, he's a big time goalkeeper, you know? So we had that thing we shared and I was given, like, when I went to high school, I was a badass as a freshman. You know, I, I wasn't one of these kids in high school that, like, oh, I'm getting picked on. You know, I already came from a family of martial arts guys. Like, all the brothers did karate. Yeah. So, you know, you show up in high schools, of, you know, oh, you're, you're an Almeida. You know, you're, you're Eddie's brother, you know. Oh, yeah. you know, lay off that guy. Don't touch him. Right. You know, it's like in that, it's like in that t- what was that movie, um, Dazed and Confused? Mm-hmm. Like, I had a past like that kid. 
Yeah, they yeah. knew not to mess with you. Yeah, they, they didn't would, pick on you. Yeah, don't fuck with him. Plus, you weren't like some skinny, scrawny kid. No, you know, and they knew I was I was ready a black belt when I went. <laughs> they were like, don't fuck with that kid. Yeah, well, I punched a kid in sixth grade, and then people knew not to fuck with me. That's the way you got to do it. This kid, he just, I don't know what he said. Probably something racist. Yeah. You know, I don't really, like, whatever he said, I don't remember exactly. But I was in class, and he just wouldn't shut up. And so I just, like, ran into, as soon as the bell rang, this kid, (laughs) Bill Sharp, I just, like, ran into the hallway and just punched him in the back. Really? Oh, man. I think I missed. I meant to punch him, like... Probably in the face or like the arm. Right. But I missed and I hit his back and he was so shocked. Like yeah. the look on his face. Like who the fuck punched somebody like in the back? He turned around and saw me. It was like, oh. Yeah. And all the kids were like around in right. the hallway. Right. And people just didn't mess with me. Fuck yeah. They called you Catania. <laughs> Don't touch her. But you... I grew up with three brothers too. So, so you had that in you. So That's... I've never said the words like, you hurt my feelings. Because right. like boys don't just don't talk don't like that. that shit. I just grew up tough. Like I don't I don't ever say that. Like you hurt my feelings. It's, it's interesting how you when you meet somebody like I and in my professional business I was always into like knowing like when I'd interview people for my my real job, you have to know them just from comedy. You have to pick up things. So you study things like neuro linguistic programming, this kind of stuff. So it's easy how when you meet somebody, you can almost tell if they have brothers or sisters just because of their their demeanor. Yeah, the way they handle things. You know, it's like yeah. You, know, you can tell, like, you, know, you can almost tell, like, somebody's, hey, was your, was your parents in the military? Because you can almost see that in their actions and the way they, they, ca- yeah. they, they carry yeah, themselves. Yeah, it never surprises me when people tell me, like, they were a military brat. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? If you're a single guy, that is the most impressive thing. Like, if you know, like, would you, wouldn't you agree? Like, if you just met somebody and they're like, oh, you know, and they, they seem to know a lot about you and that you'd be like, don't most women get, like, all excited when that kind of happens? When you have something in common with somebody? Or that, or the, they pick up on something like, oh, you know, by the way, you, you, you must have some brothers, right? Like, how'd you know? Oh, really? How'd you figure that out already? <laughs> I guess, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm telling guys. That's well, cool, yeah. They, you know, they, it's a good thing to do. Besides that, if you're single, just start taking acting classes. Women in acting classes. Are, are what? Well, they're beautiful, mostly. <laughs> and the only other guys in the class are gay, you know? Because, yeah, it's a lot of good-looking guys, Fuck. too. Yeah, most of them are gay. And then you're like, you have to do scenes. You know, when I was and taking... sometimes you have to kiss in the scene. Yeah. In acting class. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I did acting I did acting in, uh, here in North Miami. It's at Greenwich Studios. Greenwich? Studio, Greenwich Studios over there. Greenwich. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> Greenwich Studio. And I used to take an acting class. And we used to do, like, core and... used to do, like, on-camera stuff and just... And, uh, and there was... Oh my God! There's beautiful women, I and it's know. and it's like okay, everybody's let's, attractive. Yeah, and then like I'm like okay, let's do a scene. Okay, uh, okay, who looks like a married couple? Okay, Doug, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, uh, and and Betty. Okay, let's do this, and uh, you know, you could be out playing racquetball if you want, but if you want, you know, if you want to meet women, go to go take an acting class. You know, when I first joined SAG, I was living in Boston. Yeah. And I went to like my first Screen Actors Guild meeting Mm. and I just like booked a commercial. I don't know. I guess I just like signed up to this casting agency and then they just like brought me into the audition. I was wearing leg warmers to the audition. Oh, leg warmers. And they liked that because it wasn't a speaking role. I was just carrying a box. And that's how I got my SAG card is just some commercial for like U-Haul. Right. Yeah. And I was like, just like, I was like a college student, like moving in. I was carrying a box. But I got it, I know, because I had the leg warmers on. Leg warmers are great. 
You know? I, I should get excited when I see women in leg warmers. You know, like the thing you put over the, the jean, right? You just put yeah. it over there. Oh, yeah. And something about them. And it's hot. Well, it just like, it just bulks up your feet. Right. So that um, it kind of shows off your legs. Yeah, it, bring, you know? well, it brings attention to it. Brings attention to your legs, yeah. right? So it kind of like whenever you put more clothing over something, and it makes it more attractive, that's like powerful. Like it's like when you layer, it's sexy. Right. Like 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 the old thing, like lingerie. You know, remember when you were young? Like I'm gonna get my girlfriend lingerie for Valentine's Day. You know, fucking idiot. So I I'm not a lingerie guy. You know, I was like, get naked, you know, t-shirt, you know, whatever. You're like, naked is better. Yeah. Who this needs lingerie shit costs so much I know. money. You know what I'm saying? It's stupid. It's like putting it. It's like. And nobody sees it except for one guy. Right. And I'm sitting there looking at it. Like, I'm not taking photos. You know, laund- if I'm going to take a photo, let's get the lingerie. You know, mm-hmm. let's get some shit, some costumes. But when it comes to just fucking but around. It's like you put it on and it lasts for like five minutes and then you take it off. Yeah, What's the fucking point? Lingerie yeah. is the biggest scam. Yeah. In this capitalist world. It's, well, it's French. It's a French problem. It's like, what? You don't like a lingerie? Who? Yeah, I, don't, I was never a lingerie guy. So we were talking about before that, women? All right, so I don't know. But I, I'm a married man now, so I don't think about women anymore. Oh, sure you don't. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't think about it, man. I, I tell some of like, I'm putting together this corporate because I'm, I'm working on doing corporate speaking gigs. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, I, I spent 30 years of my life in the, as a financial planner and advisor. Uh-huh. So now I'm getting gigs like speaking at Merrill Lynch conferences. Oh, yeah? What are you speaking about? Like like, like being likable. Uh-huh. And it's all about, you know. And you are qualified because. I'm likable. Just look at me. Right. Yeah. You know, Perry Sack, you know, the comic, little uh-huh. comic. Perry's like, you know, Perry's like a persistent. He's got ADD. He's like, so what? You know, he asks a lot of questions and he talks, which is cool, you know what I mean? He's like, so you're gonna write? Yeah, I'm gonna write a book. Was it? It's about being likable. Yeah, what's in it? I'm like, it's like, it's uh, yeah, it's about being likable, dumbass. I'll shut the fuck up. You know, it's just you know, it, being likable versus a comic is the mo- to me is one of the first most important things that has to happen. Yeah. As a comic, right? Yeah. Because if you're not likable, it's either you or your material. Well, when you're likable, like you can say anything and still, even if it bombs, you could still get away with it. You can, and it, and I can I can honestly say this in my comedy like, young comics ask me, what do you think? My biggest lesson in the last year or two was the writing now is going to change because it's not what I'm saying. It, you know what I mean? It's not what I'm writing down and saying this would be funny. You know, in a sense, like I'm going to tell a joke. It was more like me expressing myself in a certain situation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and I think I the first time I tapped into that was uh, working with Brian Callen. I always fuck up his name. Mm-hmm. I did even when I worked with him and hosted it, pissed him off. But... There's a guy that comes up with a new hour every year, and he's yeah. doing and he's doing it. And he's funny as fuck, and and he's doing it because he's basically doing like situational, and he's acting them out, and he's and it's not just the if you take if you read what he if you took a piece of paper and read his act, you'd be like, eh. but the fact that he's doing it, but when he delivers it, it's it's you know what I mean, it's explode. So, and I, I first picked up on that, and I said, you know what, that's funny because that's when I started doing more facial expressions. I started being more animated on stage instead of just sitting there and you know being a monologist, you know, just, mm-hmm. and it, it was amazing. So now it's like, man, it's just, it's just saying something, you know, just coming up with the right word, you know, it's like really weird. So I'm excited for what's to come. And look at me. I'm on Koo and Gang Pod. Koo and the Gang. Koo and the Gang. I'm sorry. doing a field trip for my podcast listeners. We're going to oh, the yeah? Cool and the Gang concert. Really? Yeah. How cool is that? <laughs> 
so cool, right? Where's it at? It's at the Hollywood Bowl. Nice. Yeah. Those guys all still alive, or is it like one no, original member? No, they're like and... half of them are alive. Yeah. Did you ever see that documentary? I don't know if it was a spin or some like a Motown band was performing at one of these city city you know city fairs or whatever, and they were the the, the, the Supremes. You know, I don't know. It was well, not women. It was guys. Whatever. The so, Temptations. Yeah, something like that. And they were performing, and the real Temptations, whatever. Two or three of the guys that were doing a documentary show up at this at this you know fair uh-huh. where the they're supposedly the temptations are playing these dudes come walking the brothers come walking in strutting and you're like what's up man what's going on yeah big fans big fans and all of a sudden one of the guys goes one of the, the fake temptations whatever it was starts looking at him and go hey man I, <laughs> he recognized who the guy was like yeah man what's up he goes aren't you he goes yeah he goes and he goes what the fuck is going <laughs> wow <laughs> it was so funny they're like oh man well you know that's cool. The Temptations was the first CD that I ever bought. Really? Yeah, I went to like uh, one of those CD stores at the mall, mm-hmm. and uh, I was just looking through, and I recognized it from the oldie station. So I bought it, and I um, and the guy working behind the register was like saying to the other guy, "Well, we finally sold that Temptations CD." <laughs> wow. <laughs> it had like cobwebs on it. I was like, "What does that mean?" It was marked down to like, "We'll pay you." Meanwhile, I was like, I can't believe they have the Temptations. Yeah. I'm I, since I had three older brothers, my I had like musical influences like Queen, Aerosmith, of course Zeppelin. You know, but when I was born, you know, we had records. Yeah. You know, a track. Oh you're old. I had to deal with the a track. I lived. I listened to a lot of my music growing up at a track. That was the main player for a while. Uh-huh. You know, it would like in the middle of a song, and you got to press it and wait, then the song continues. Oh, see, I don't know the eight track. It was the worst. And of all of them, you know, a record would play. You know, the good thing about a record, it would play, and you can listen to the record, and you, you want to pick it up, you move it. There was, a little, there was a little groove in the record where you could see the next song starts. Uh-huh. If you want to skip a song, right? A-track, you couldn't skip shit. You had to basically go through, like, 12 songs, but you have four buttons. There's basically three and a half to 3.6 songs <laughs> on each fucking thing. So every time, you know, oh, I get to, you know, you can be in the middle of, uh, I remember listening to Guns N' Roses, you know, and it had like a, that was a, not Guns of Rose, I think it was a Black Sabbath thing. And it, and it, like right in the middle of War Pigs, it clicks over and goes into, I mean, you know. And then you had, what was the next, cassette. Then you had finally cassette the tape. Those things that, you know. And then the CD players. And then that. Then you had the CD. Yeah, I never had one of those. No. Like, After a while, you know. All the cool kids did. Like they'd be on the bus with their freaking Walkmans. Yeah, exposing it. You know, I, think about that, like, I, I was I was one, I had one of the boom boxes. I had like one of the big big ass speaker like like four hundred pound. You would. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Drink milk and just carry one of these things around. Take it to the beach. And I would you know you're a kid you're like sixteen you know fifteen you go to the beach put that thing in the sand start playing the music you want to hear and everybody else is sitting around going why the fuck do I gotta listen to this guy's music and people leave yeah. around you yeah. if, it, if it's not their kind of music yeah that'd be a funny social experiment like you know like. Just to, like, let's say you go in there, right? You go in your bikini, you put down a big old boom box. And you just, we'll just test, like, see different music. You know, like, all of a sudden you put, like, Beethoven, you know, or some hard, like, thrashing metal and shit, you know, just see how many fucking perverts would stick around. You know, you start doing, like, you know, yoga poses or something, and, like, who would tolerate the music? I don't know. Just thinking. I already do that. It's called Periscope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aren't you watching my shit? It's funny because some people are like, oh, Change this song because I'll just play the same song over and oh, over really? again. And then some people are like, you always play the greatest music. But it's the same song. No, I mean, I play like uh, 
Flock of Seagulls, yeah. Erasure, um, Rod Stewart. What's your favorite Rod Stewart song? Um, you know what? I love the duet that he does with Amy Mann. Mm-hmm. It's on YouTube. Um, it's recent. Yeah, it's more recent. Like he's already old. Mm. What's it called? I wouldn't. I I, I could think of uh, like some guys have all the luck. Yes, or if you want my body. Oh yeah. And you think it's sexy. Of course. That yeah. Guy. Hot I love legs. that song. Yeah, those songs are all you know. He's a he's a great singer. Rod Stewart, a great. I mean, the guy's fucking phenomenal. He's amazing. Him and Freddie Mercury, I think they did each other. Do you think I, so? I think didn't one no, of them have Rod's a gallon of their gay. cum? Rod Stewart's bisexual. Is he? Yeah, all those cum. Listen, is they, he openly bisexual? I don't know if he's it's open, but I I, I think I'm pretty sure I read it once in, in Rolling Stone. But uh, I mean, there's a, there's a philosophy that like if you're let's say two things, if you're an incredibly handsome guy and you're getting pussy all the time, like. You're doing everything. You know what I mean? Uh, you're just getting like the best pussy all the time. Yeah, you, it's not so a challenge. You're that guy you who shows up. for guys. No, like eventually, you know, you're like, oh, I've done everything. I've been with three chicks, four chicks. You know what I mean? And then it blends over. Some of those guys, eh, they, they flip, you know, they end up they end up going in that arena for a while. And then they, you know, then they figure it out. Didn't um, David Bowie and uh, Mitch Jagger, didn't they supposedly have sex? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I think that happened. It was like an, I missed an old, that documentary. I don't know if, I don't know if, yeah, it was a documentary, and that that one of them had like a gallon of their spit. I mean, I'm sure like in their stomach. I'm sure way more people have fucked, and we just don't know about it. Yeah, I mean, things happen. People are like nowadays. Listen, I I, I would, you know, I, I, I don't want to be single again because God forbid, I got enough shit to worry about. You know what I mean? Like I'm serious. I don't think about it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I I and I was giving advice earlier. I tell guys like once you stop chasing ass once your day isn't all like i gotta you know then you're i gotta drive this focused. car i gotta look this certain way you know i gotta you once you get done chasing ass you could really let yourself go fuck <laughs> you could i mean the world's your oyster uh-huh i'm serious like and like your life changed when you got married well yeah i mean well because it was it was almost like i mean think about it most of your like here's the thing i had three older brothers so the first challenge i had as a, as a young man was losing my virginity at a respectable age so my brothers wouldn't laugh at me. Uh-huh. Because one of my brothers got it at 12. My brother Eddie lost it at 12. Uh-huh. Mike, 14, Dennis, who knows? Had he gone through puberty by 12? I wasn't there when it happened. I mean, I wasn't in, you know. Yeah. I, I guess when he was 12, I was about seven. It's five-year age difference between mm-hmm. him and I. So, you know, and I, and I was a young guy. Like, I, I, would, I would wake up in the middle of the night, and he would be banging a girl on the floor in the room where our bunk beds were. Oh my God! Yeah, I remember one time he's, I'm sitting there like peeking, you know, and, and and just watching it. And the girl goes, "I think your brother's awake." <laughs> <laughs> I shut my eyes. <laughs> You're like, "No, I'm not. Keep no. going." <laughs> <laughs> wow. So did you jerk off to your brother fucking this girl? No, I, I definitely had a good image of the woman. No, I'm not a sick fuck. Once, <laughs> once there was one time. There was one time I went to the bathroom in the middle of the night, and I was as I was going leaving the bathroom, I, as I looked down the hallway, I saw a silhouette of a person in the hallway. Mm-hmm. I go, what? You know, and it would look like hair. You know, I could see a woman's hair. It was like a silhouette. And I turned the hallway light on a woman naked. You know, I was like eight, uh-huh. something like that. And I'm like, the Phew. first time seeing a girl naked? Yeah, like you're lucky it wasn't your mom. Uh, Most people, it's their I know, mom. I know. You know, well, yeah, I saw my mom's boob here and there. You know what I mean? Which you, you know, you Are walk. You mad in. at her for that? No, I, I. I Trust me, I was like, ugh, you know, I, I was, I was well balanced when it came to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that happened one time. My wife and her stepdaughter saw me naked once. 
she told her, like, you saw me, you know. Oh, no. And then all I'm thinking is, like, God, you know, this is, that's horrible, you know. Yeah. Uh, you just want to erase that. Yeah, like, just forget it. Like, look at this light. Oh, like, shit. Like, men in black. It, that's you know? awful. Yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, I, but, so I'm standing there. I'm looking at this chick, like, you know, and she comes walk, hi, you know. She's got muff, you know. She's walk, holds her hand down there, boobs, nice boobs, and walks into the bathroom. I, and I stood there and watched. I wasn't the pussy. I didn't <laughs> shut the light off. Sorry, you know. I was like, <laughs> I'm like fucking white. Watched there, watched her go in. You know, when you're eight, nine years old, you need as much of that mental footage as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, put it in that can and use it for another day. So I, I always had like this challenge. So in my, so I had to get, you know, I had to be, I had to be a bigger ladies' man than my brother. Okay. You know what I mean? I had to make sure. And then I held up and, you know, carried the carried the baton, nice. literally. So, uh, but I was, like, when I was growing up, too, I'd always had a girl. Like, there was a point in high school, I always had a girlfriend. Like, I, I thought back to this. I Are got, you glad you <clears> went <throat> Asian when you locked one down? What's something <laughs> about, like, having an Asian <laughs> wife that, like, most people who have never dated an Asian yeah. would not know? Um, that's a good question. Like, all right. Well, one of the things I was saying earlier, like Cambodian food, mm-hmm. one of the things there's some like they was like, oh, he eats, you know, he he'll eat, you know. And then, and again, this I wasn't at the size I was when I met my wife. This is twenty something years ago. I was like fighting then and stuff and athlete. So they're like, oh, he eats, you know, he doesn't like. Ah, I'm not gonna eat it. I tried everything, and there's certain Cambodian foods that smell like shit. Like you know, the, my, my mother-in-law would put it in front of my face and go, "You want to eat it?" I'm like, "I don't even want it in front of me," you know. And then you eat it, and you're like, "Oh, this is great." But then like I write a joke, I'm like. Guys know what it's like to eat something that smells like shit. So you got to get used to that. And uh, I don't know, like the one, I'll tell you the, the one best thing about it. Like now that I'm on the road and I'm not home a lot, you know, as a comic, if you're married, you're thinking, I hope my wife doesn't get bored, start banging somebody else. Uh-huh. You know, I'm being the good guy. Right. You know what I mean? I'm trying to keep it, you know, because I, I, I tell this about to my friends because like I've been tempted now on the road a few times. I even tell my wife, like, honey, there was, there was a girl that, you know, really, <laughs> I was, trust me, I was amazed. I couldn't believe it. I didn't know what she was, and, and I, I tell her, you know, but she spoke to me that night in the hotel, you know what I mean? I face, you know, she doesn't ask me, you take Facebook live, look, there's nobody here. Right. So, uh, but, uh, but I, you know, when that phone ring, when you're home and you're around your spouse or your love and that phone rings, you don't want to be worried about some kook calling you, you know, that you fucked around some, you know, you messed up. Yeah. You know, you don't want, you don't want the, you know somebody to show up at your doorstep, you know, or you be walking and you're at a club so and some girl runs up. So you have an Asian wife, she won't cheat on you. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I know some of the friends and people, fam- but, I, but I, what I'm saying is like her family's around. So when I'm not there, it's all about oh, family. Oh, right. I know because when she moved into your house, she brought like her sister. Well, she had for a while, her sister lived with us. She was, she rented a room in our, she stayed at our house for a while. Yeah. While she, she came back from law school and stuff. She got a law degree. Yeah. A lot of guys... I see have Asian wives. It's like buy one, get one free. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, there's like a package. Kind of adopt like the, the other Asians who aren't married yet. I got, got, I got got like comics who come to the house with a podcast because the studio's in the house, you know? And they're like, all these Asian women around. My friends are like, wow, this is, this <laughs> yeah. is great. Doug's running a brothel. <laughs> it's an Asian massage parlor. Uh, yeah, no, it, but that part of it's great. I mean, everybody's loving, you know, the family's great. You know, everybody's, you know, you know, helpful as shit. You know, it's not like, you know, to me, it's great when it's an, there's a natural thing about the family is, which is to help. You don't have to ask. You know what I mean? There's always that thing. Like, I always felt bad in my family because my siblings took, took, took you know what I mean? I was always back bailing shit out for my parents. So I, I was always the one fucking, uh, and I get resentful of it. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm tired of helping people. You know what I mean? I want to fucking help myself. Yeah, I know. We're clean and we like to like clean stuff. 
Yeah, I don't. It's like, like in our genes. Like I don't have any kids, right? Yeah. And I'm I'm uh, I'm at the age that we're not. So one of my friends, even my wife asked me, she goes, "You ever think about it and feel bad that you know?" Which is a great woman, your wife, to ask you. Like she doesn't want to feel like she's burnt. You know what I mean? She she's probably got that in the back of her head, which makes her worry about shit. Because mm-hmm. we had a friend that uh, recently is having his first child through surrogate, like a surrogate, uh, surrogate. Yeah. Like his his wife's egg, uh-huh. and his guys, you know, planted. Now it's in another woman. Right. So it's their baby. Yeah. She's just the the spaceship that brings it to Earth. That's how I would do it if I were to have a baby. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I don't <laughs> want to be go pregnant. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good I don't. Way. I don't want a baby to come out of me. That seems like the most terrifying like sci-fi novel ever. Yeah, it's a great way to. It's a great way to start, like, a, a, a relationship with your child is like, listen, I want to have you, but I'm not going through it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not willing to go through that physical excursion. I'm wondering if your kid calls you, have it that way, and the kid calls you, Mom, I'm running a half hour late at soccer practice. Fuck it, get a ride home yourself. <laughs> I don't have time for you. There was a story, uh, just at a show in West Florida, Southwest Florida, right? In a nearby city, there's a true story that a woman just gave birth uh, to her son, where the father is only 11 years old. Oh, my God. Right? So there's a woman. How yeah. old is she? Uh, I think she's like 30-something. Oh, my big, God. A big, you know, a big white woman, you know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't know if she's like, I'll babysit, you know. I'll babysit. I'll take care of him. Now, you know, I'm thinking, like, this kid's born. And it's like him. he's hanging out with his dad. He's going to probably use his dad's ID to get beer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, Dad, can I borrow your ID? I'm going to go get some Budweiser. And, uh, but you think about that and you think about all this, all these, like parenting, like our parents, I always think back, like I never want to, I'm not one of those guys who blame my parents. You know, my parents did everything, in my mind, they did everything they fucking could to be where they were at. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Who am I to judge what they did or didn't do? You know, it's always, it's always easy in hindsight for somebody to go, well, you know what, if you would have had, shut the fuck up. You know, when it comes down to making decisions in life, it's never easy, right? You, you've gone, you've done a lot in your life. So every, yeah. your success in life is always predicated on the decisions you made. Right. And it's not that you always made the right decision, but sometimes when you made the wrong decision, you de- you dealt with the consequences of that. Right. You didn't fucking bellyache. You didn't feel like, because you had brothers, you know, you basically, you said, you realized, you probably looked upon yourself and said, what the fuck could I have done different? Right. I, I, that's, every time something goes wrong with me, I always, I never look at somebody else and go, oh, what well, that fucking ass, you know, I was like, you know what, what could I? Well, it's healthier to be that way. Right. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, uh, I don't know. It, it's, uh getting lost in myself well you've done great for yourself you know yeah like it's cool to know like because i've been to your house and you have a nice house Mm -hmm. and i didn't know if you like came from money and to learn that you didn't and your dad was just a mechanic and that your mom didn't work like you've done good for yourself and uh people recognize you from my bought a dildo on amazon (laughs) music video on youtube (laughs) so they might be like hey i I feel like this guy's familiar. You were the UPS guy. Yeah, running in that video. Running from that stinky dildo. Thanks for thanks for making that cameo. That was great. You made that video. In my house. Funny. You get to you get to see the the house. Yeah, yeah. The front of it, right? We filmed the front of it. Yep. Or in or the, and yeah. That was at your house. I was sweating like a pig. That's what we needed for the shot. Yeah, it looked like a, it looked it looked it looked like I had that thing in my lap all day. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's what I. That's probably that, did. That as an actor, that's the choice I made. I said, exactly. I want, I want to act like this thing has been sitting right on my Dude, center you console. You were committed, and you made that video so much funnier. So thank you. Thank you. It was great. Thank you for doing that. So fun. you were a financial planner for thirty years. Still do it. So what 
what advice can you give people like when they're looking to invest their money or maybe they like just came across some money or they want to like invest in something so it's not just sitting in a bank earning point zero whatever interest the best way to make a decision with money is not to say what should i do with this money you know john f kennedy had a quote don't ask what your country could do for you ask that what you could do for your country so whenever you have a, a sum of money you always I ask, say the same about my cunt <laughs> yeah well i i i so i say don't don't ask me what to do with your money ask yourself what you need the money to do for you so what do I need the money to do for me? Right. Okay. So if you let's say a hundred thousand drops in your lap. Yeah. And you're like, what you know? So th- the obvious thing is, you know, if you have credit cards pay that are off. high per- percentage of your income, if more than twenty percent of your income is going to pay your credit card debt off, knock that shit out. If it's anything that's double digit. Yep. Because your other money's, you're lucky if your equity money, your retirement money is making double digits. You're mm-hmm. lucky. And your your safe money isn't making it's making slow single digit right yeah so you got to get rid of every expense that's of that right so pay off your student you loans. get that shit get it now uh, if, if it is now if your student loans are like I said if you if, again if you're making a thousand dollars a month and your student loans are, are five or fifty bucks it's a tolerable expense yeah if it's twelve percent interest get rid of it right eight nine and then uh. But here's the thing. So now you, the next thing you do is you say, I'm gonna. You always gotta have put money away. You know, like I like to have thirty thousand dollars in my bank account every all the time. I don't care how much it's making. All I care is that it's there. You know, so I don't. I don't want to wake up and it's twenty two. I don't want. You know, I, that money has to be thirty thousand. So all I give a shit is about that value. Yeah. And I determine that value. You, you get together with your family. Like, what do you think we need? Well, this is going our monthly. So you know, at thirty thousand dollars, I'm not gonna wake up and hear my mother yelling at me that she needs money. I don't ever want to hear anybody fucking yell. And me again, or worry about money. That is a psychosis that my mother gave. So that's the next thing. So now you got that taken care of. You got your debts paid off and shit, right? Anything else that's looming, you got to fix the house. If you own a house and it's part of your value, yeah, you fix it up. You know, fix it up with pavements and everything. And then if that, that, then uh, here's the next thing. Then you say, okay, I need money for the next. I call it Olympic money. Something that may come up in the next four to five years. Like in your life right now, think of something that may be coming up, an event or something in the next five years that could possibly. Be the um, need of I need money. to purchase a surrogate mother. All right, so thirty grand you need. Okay. <laughs> right, you need about thirty, forty grand to get that to happen. All right, sure. So now you put that money away, and you, you give yourself, okay, how long will this take? It'll probably take two, three, four years, five years. So I need this money within three to five years. So you can't go buy a lot of stocks that could be up or down. So you got to go out and put money and accounts that you know. There's ETFs. Talk to financial planners. You know, but there's basically things you can buy that aren't stock risky. You can buy bonds and corporate. You know, there's things you can put money in for three or four years that should stay stable, and you should make about four or five percent one way or the other. So, it's always about it's always about all- putting an allocation of money together and putting a purpose on it. Mm-hmm. You know, an IRA is easy. It's my retirement money. This is the money when I get old. I got to live off. And when you're 40 years old, 30 years old, you got to just stuff that shit. The most important thing about that is putting it away. You could. You, if you just put it in the SPY, the S&P 500 ETF, just an ETF, it's just a position, you buy it, you put it in, you buy it in a stock brokerage, you buy five bucks, you pay it, put 100000 there, it costs you five bucks to put it in there in the SPY. See, you lost me with this SPF stuff. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> yeah, when, when you're done investing, you put it on your skin so you don't get a sunburn. Like, I don't know what all that means. Well, there's the S&P 500 is 500 stocks that is in a, is in a what's like, what they call an index. Uh-huh. So it's 500 of the biggest companies in this country. Fortune 500. Right. And and you buy it. There's there's You can buy one investment, the SPY. You just Google it. SPY, it'll show you the ETF. Mm-hmm. You go to Scott Trade or one of these cheap discount brokers and you say, 
I want to start putting a hundred dollars away a month and buy that. So I'm going to buy, you know, a share or whatever it is. Cause it's only a hundred costs over 200 bucks or whatever. So you put it, you put money away every month. You buy it. That, that's average about nine, 10% in the last eight, nine, 10 years anyway. So you just keep building that shit up. Even if you don't buy a stock, just do that. The key, the key to having money is putting it away. Uh huh. Okay. That's it. You know, that's the first thing. Like, one of my older brothers who never has money is like, Doogie, if I had some money, what should I do with it? I go, well, let's go with having the money first. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm not going to answer your question about what happens when it happens. Why don't you make it happen? That means you got to put away $100 a month. When I, when I, I didn't have money, I came, you know, my parents, I didn't go to, when I graduated college, I was supposed to go to law school. I was supposed to go to NYU. I was accepted at NYU Law. I was accepted at Georgetown Law. But my father couldn't work. My dad got disabled and he couldn't work, so I had to work. So I didn't have money, but I did is I put away $100 a month into mutual funds. Even when you weren't making that much money? I, it was a bill. Yeah. Like, I got to put this, I got to put this money away. So then, then after a while, you're like, wow, 100 easy. You know what I mean? I got still money left over. Because if you wait to the end of the month to do something with your money. Right. Do it at the beginning like it's a rent It's check. a bill. It's an expense. It's here's my, here's my future. It's yeah. my future. And you put 100. And after a while, you're like, you know what? That's easy. I'm going to put 200. So by the time I was like 25, 26, you know, I had like $80,000. You know, when you're 26, 27 years old. That's a lot of money. And you, and you already have a condo, you own a home, and now you got $80,000 in an investment account. You're pretty yeah. stable. You're pretty happy. What mutual funds do you like? I don't. I like ETFs. What are ETFs? Exchange-traded funds. It's like an ETF uh, in the sense that, like, when you buy the SP, if you buy the SPY, it's an ETF, exchange-traded fund. You can buy it. It's like a stock. You, just, you order it. It has 500 companies in it. So you're diversified. So if Sears goes out of business, it's not even in it. You know what I mean? Whatever. GE, you got 500 companies balancing this thing out for diversity. Yeah. The cost of an ETF is cheaper than any mutual fund. It's like to own it, it costs like 10% or 20% of a percent. So if you have $100,000 in there, it's costing you like $200 a year as management fees. So it's not a big, you know, it's making 5%, I'm making 5,000 in dividends. It's so, less risky than just like a mutual fund. Well, a mutual fund is spread out too, but it's got fund costs. It's, it's, it's just, the days of the mutual fund are over. I'm just telling people that you buy ETFs because they have the same diversity at, at a fraction of the cost. And you, and you like I buy, I bought, if you're young, you buy the, uh, another ETF is like XLK, you know, e so the key, you know, the key to anything, it, it like I, I found out early in my life that the key to doing anything successfully is continuity. Like if you want to go on a diet, you got to stick to it. You got to make sure you eat certain, you know what I mean? It's continuity, doing the same yeah. thing repeatedly. And, but we were talking about the business. We were talking about like uh, doing it, like how do people trust me? I think I was asking you to ask me. Yeah, You're like how do people actually right? How trust do people you? trust you? Um, like, well, that's part about being likable. You know what I mean? I've had, I've said. Yeah, down but with, what if you just have this like skill of being likable, but you're a scam artist? Well, you got to have talent. You know, it's like, it's like a comic getting on a stage because they know somebody or somebody paid them a favor, or they happen to do five minutes on a. <clears throat> hey, we're not here to talk about your career, Doug. No, yeah. <laughs> I really suck. But you know, if they go on stage and they don't like, like to me as a comic, the most important thing is only not only working a room, but being asked back. You know yeah. what I mean? Because that's a big thing. It's like so with me and my business, it's not about just meeting people, but retaining clients. Yeah. I get I get paid uh, like money under management. So if I manage thirty. Right, months. retainership is more important than getting new clients. Yeah, if you like in, in business, it's called the Planet Hollywood scenario. Mm -hmm. Planet Hollywood opened a restaurant, right? Fucking uh, Sylvester Stallone, uh, Arnold, uh, uh, what's his name, Bruce Willis. They opened that restaurant with all the memorabilia and shit. Oh, that's their restaurant. Yeah, they were they were the original owners of that 
Oh, wow. I think there might have been Tom Arnold. I don't know, some other people. But So they bought this whole concept. And they're like, oh, Planet Hollywood. This is like a, it's like a, oh, it's so cool. Let's go eat there, you know? But when you ate there, the hamburger was a fucking hamburger. The chicken sandwich was a chicken, you know what I mean? The food was not very good. So thus, Planet people Hollywood. People stopped going there. You're not going to go there to go look at Elvis's jacket. You know, you're not going to go there to see a guitar on the wall. So just like in comedy, the only reason you're going to go back is if you're funny, you do your job, right? And you, you do it well. Just like in financial planning, numbers don't lie. So if I sit down with a client and I say, look, in order for you to retire in 10 or 15, 20 years, you have to make a certain return on your money, right? You're Asian. You're good with math. Yep. Right? I was in the math team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, now here's like, like, I'm not like, aside from fractions and percentages and stuff as a financial bank, you got to know, dec- you, you got to know how to equate, right? But aside from that, like geometry and shit like that, I don't yeah, I'm an idiot. So, I like geometry. Yeah, I did. I actually, I loved, I loved, I loved, I ended up falling in love with geometry and the thing that I thought I was going to eat it in was, I guess that was it, geometry, right? Where you're doing acute angles and stuff. Yeah. Geom- Give me yeah. a rhombus, I'll hump it all day. Yeah. Get excited. I got a parabola effect. Um, you know, so, but anyway, so, uh, I was talking about anyway. So you know, so people, you know, numbers don't lie. So if you, you know, if you say, look, you got to make five, six percent on your money, so that when you're 65, you have enough money to live off, more or less. So if they do that, and you, you know, and they're happy, and it's always about, you know, I call my clients every 30 days, one way or the other. Like, hey, what's guy? Send them an account update. You know, any questions? Don't worry about you know the Russian, the Russian, you know, this thing about the president and the Russian. It's not going to affect the market. You know, people worry about like just like in life, like. Well, we should always be worried about the Russians. Here's here's a big secret for the rest of the world. Underneath everything, a, a, an agreement between Russia and the United States is the only way the Middle East will be at peace, or at least not be at, in a situation we have to worry about. Why? It's just the way it is. I don't make the rules. I'm just saying that behind all the the stuff that's been back and forth. To me, if I rely on our politicians. President Obama laughed at Mitt Romney when Mitt Romney brought up Putin back in one of the debates when he was running, they were running against each other. And he said, this isn't the Cold War, you know, whatever, Obama said. Look, but now all of a sudden there are issues again. So don't wait for the government to tell you that. I didn't believe it then either. When, 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 I don't care who the, whoever is in charge of us to, to sit there and say. What I, what I do understand, though, is that agreement, you know. Like I had, when I was in high school, I was a fighter. I was one of those guys that, you know, a football team would want to get into a fight with the other, you know what I mean? They're, dude, let's go, you know, we're going to, so, but I had, I had agreements with like friends I've known because I, I, I used to date girls in other schools because I didn't want to have a girlfriend in my high school, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. So, so I would know guys that were badasses. So if a fight would break out. So you were friends with Russians in high school. Yeah. Basically, I had my own Putin. I, from a, another high school, I had another guy who was my Putin. It's a necessary evil. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? In front of everybody, we hated each other. We hate, we couldn't stand but each other. But behind closed doors, but you because, were friends. But behind closed doors, there was peace because when something would happen, let's say I knew there was something that was going to happen with one but of my what good if, friends. But what if your Putin just becomes so powerful that they eventually usurp you? Your hypothetical situation of what if entails that that's not something that's going to happen overnight. I'm hoping that I'm smart enough to watch the details of that build up and then eventually be able to come to the same conclusion that anybody else would under that situation. But in the meantime, I know, for example, that if I, in the there's been, like I know something's going to happen, and somebody I know is going to be involved, and I, I call my Putin over at that other high school, and say, dude, man, just keep, you know, just, keep just, your just, people just, in this check. This is not cool, man. There's a guy there who's going to be carrying a knife, whatever, you know, some shit. This guy's. I not- mean, I guess Russia and the U.S. are the two big powers of this world. Yeah, and now China, so- and you know, China's just had a new destroyer they just rolled out, by the way. Yeah, something you should know. But well, that's why it's almost two against us because. China and Russia are kind of 
The balance of power on Iran, the same team. Iran has stepped up in the sense of what they've done with their and, and they, there's an agreement between Russia that Russia's storing all their their fuel, you know, all the uh, nuclear fuel. That was part of the agreement that was struck between Iran and, and this agreement that Obama, you know, the Peace Act, whatever. But nuclear act, right? Anyway, so, yeah, so China's in place. North Korea's pissed. That's why they want to step up to the plate and they're doing everything they can to have some sort well, of Well, North Korea's been pissed. Yeah. I love the hats. This is my <laughs> meme. I put a meme out. Like, after we get done terrorizing the West, we like to make a bottle of pho in our hats. It's a big hat. North Korean hats, the army guys' hats, they're big. Dude, they're everything. It's like, you watch those videos of those armies, how they're in such sync, like, yeah, but those they're are like... They're in sync, so... Yeah, they're like... They're, like, they're, doing they're like... They look like robots. Yeah, they're bouncing off the ground. Yeah. But they're the only ones who actually get to eat chicken. Everybody else doesn't eat shit in that country. Yeah. I mean, you're from South Korea, right? You, you I mean, you, you, you hear this, you know, that... You know, yeah. it's like most people over there are like starving. I mean, it's like most people are in the military. Most yeah. guys. Right. That's why, like, we don't stand a chance against North Korea because... Their military is 9 million people. <laughs> that haven't gotten laid. 9 million angry North it's Koreans. Tough. And it's like, what's our army? A fraction of that. Yeah, well, they're all in one area. You, know, it's, you can have a, If I got into a fight with six guys in a closet, it's not going to be as bad. You know, when the Russians put Kim Jong-il in power, everybody laughed because of his haircut. Yeah. That haircut has been like running through <laughs> every generation of that family. Yeah. And for some reason, Russians, because they wear those stupid hats in Russia... They don't recognize a bad haircut when they see one. Right. So they put Kim in power, um, like Kim Jong-un's <laughs> grandfather, and people just mocked him. They yeah. were like, this isn't our lead. You, you guys are kidding, right? Yeah. Also because he was 33 right. when he came into power. So they were like, this fucking kid and yeah. a Korean who's 33 looks like yeah. he's 12. His, his balls just dropped. How about, uh, well, even in South Korea, I mean, the, the, one, the, the leader had to step down, right, for fraud and corruption charges. Yeah. And now I understand that the, the government wants to have her executed as well as her uh, husband or family member that were part of this whole thing. I'm telling you, man, Koreans are into some I mean, corporal th- punishment. You know, we're talking about North Korea. That doesn't you know, they, surprise me at all. They want to execute the former president of Korea, South Korea, because of her fraud. And I mean, we're talking about impeaching somebody. I know, somebody. that's why I hate it when people don't believe me when I say I was beaten as a child. It's like I come from a country where people want to execute a, uh, a president for you meant, you being me, corrupt. You asked me earlier that if any guy who wants to date an Asian woman, something he should know. Uh-huh. Um, one of the things I was attracted to of my wife was that she was very independent. She was a single mom. She was very strong. You could tell she held herself up. Even her posture, her demeanor was, yeah. you know, and and just I, you know, I, 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 the girl I had before her was a victim and always blaming people for shit. So this was like so good to find somebody who knows what the fuck the they're doing. Complete 180. They're like this girl, you know, she doesn't. She like, can take care of herself. Yeah, she doesn't like. She's something. not just She'll, gonna leach off of me. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? She knew what she was doing, and uh, but now she's Cambodian. She grew up in Cambodia when the Khmer Rouge was going from town to town, taking girls and kids, the boys to bring them to the army, and the girls to use for slaves and sex trafficking. Uh, so her mother used to take her and take her to her grandmother's house and let her hide there at times, so that it wouldn't take her away. Oh, my God. So when I hear people complain about, oh, you know, this, and people had to deal with this, my mother-in-law had to deal with the Khmer, the Khmer Rouge. That's why when I hear white girls bitching about, like, Asian girls are taking all of our men, <laughs> it's like, stop complaining about your Starbucks getting the wrong type of milk in your fucking coffee, <laughs> okay? Just, because, like, the shit that yeah. 
Asian girls had to deal with. Yeah. Like, they only see from the outside, like, oh, I'm single, and all these Asian girls are yeah. taking all of our boyfriends. Listen, uh, well, it's be beautiful. more self sufficient. Girls who are complaining, just get all the hair removed from your body. That's a good start. Yeah, my wife doesn't have hair hair on her body. You know, the skin is like soft. I know. We're so lucky like that. It is. It is. You know, that's if you don't know, I mean, that's, you know, and like, and I would, I would say, my, you know, to my sisters, the black women, same thing. I, 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 I believe me, I was, you know, I was an equal opportunity. I, would, I dated a lot of black women. <laughs> and, uh, All right. Well, Dougie. I'll go there before you. I'm going to have to cut you off before you get into your black fetish there. <laughs> um, people can follow you on Twitter at Dougie Dangerous. Absolutely. And they can listen to you on the Wake, Wake Up Late with Dougie show. Wake Up Late with Dougie show. Which, we're, by the way, we're on Bubba Army Radio now on Saturdays and Sundays at 4 p.m. Bubba Radio? Bubba Army Radio, yeah. Bubba Army Radio. And you can watch um, him on my um, Bought a Dildo on Amazon music yeah. video on YouTube. Absolutely. And you're the UPS guy. And um, I'm going to be at your show at Tavolino's in Coral Springs in That's August. That's right. August, a lot of fun. August, what's the date of that? Uh, I have my phone up. I have it here. I think it's August. Cor- um, Tavolino's Coral Springs, Florida. August 2nd, I will be at your show. Absolutely. At Thanks for always having me. You have such a fun room there. And I'll see you on the road sometime soon. Absolutely. Thanks. Bye. was sponsored by Speedweed. Speedweed is America's most trusted name in medical marijuana delivery. Go to www.speedweed.com for all your medical marijuana needs. They have 30,000 customers already ordering from speedweed.com, so why don't you give them a go? They got the best silver haze, the OG crush, sour diesel. They got everything you need to be sufficiently high to laugh at everything that I'm saying. Well, guys, I will be doing a lot of shows um, coming up. July 17th, I'm at the Queen Mary in Long Beach, California. July 22nd um, is the Cool Editing Gang concert. I'm not performing, but I'm just attending. So try to get tickets and come. Section K for coup. July 23rd, I'll be at Flappers in Burbank at 7 p.m. doing a live podcast taping with special guest Aiko Tanaka. Wowee! And August 2nd, I'll be at Tavolino's in Coral Springs, Florida uh, with Dougie's show. And then August 10th, I'll be at Laughs Unlimited in Sacramento, California with none other than Yoshi Obayashi. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the podcast. And I thank you very much. Please leave yourself a review and we will talk to you soon. Don't forget to let me know if you are coming to the podcast uh, field trip so I can send you a sticker, a very special sticker. And when I send it to you, hold it tight into your pocket and then put it on when you get to the concert so we can find each other. Thank you very much. Thank you very, 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 very much. Goodbye. Oh,